Gus Warland, Jude Bolton and Wendell Saylor. This is the Triple M Rush Hour. Yes, driving you home on this Wednesday afternoon. Gus, Jude and Wendell. And I tell you what, boys, we've got a massive show ahead. ESPN's Phil Murphy joins us. Mm. Will it be Mahomes or Brock Purdy leading their team to victory in Super Bowl 58? We've got Aaron Woods in studio. Does that man ever train? I mean, he's, he's off to Vegas once again. Yeah, I want to know what his role is. I'm going to talk to Seabol about that. I can't yeah. believe this. An Iron Woman, Bonnie Hancock. What an inspiring lady she is. She'll be talking about her journey around Australia in a surf ski. How are you doing, Gussie? I'm really good, thanks, mate. Good to be back in the studio. I was actually up on the Gold Coast this morning hosting Bonnie's um, book, launch. book mm. launch, which was fantastic. So, yeah, she's a very inspiring lady. You know, she went in a kayak and she went all around Australia. She broke world records. She's just an incredible person. So, looking forward to chatting with her a little bit later. He's been uh, stuffing his face. He's, he, you've got a bit of a sore tooth, tooth haven't yeah. you? Mate? More but... than just a little sore tooth. I've got a very, very sore tooth. What do you mean I've been stuffing my face? No, I've had no I, lunch I, today. I, what I are you talking that. about? You've thrown some lollies in. You've just, I, well, I can't believe it. I've got, I've got to keep my energy yeah. levels up. And <laughs> what I'm doing, I'm sucking on these lollies. I've just grabbed the... I've just grabbed the snake head of a python and I'm sucking on it. Yeah, well, look, I'll give you some. I'll give you some credit, Gussie. I was up watching you, and uh, I Thank loved um, the ki- young kids of the lifesavers, mate. Oh, so you know, at five o'clock yeah. up on the Gold Coast, That's every it. morning nippers go on. Yep. So it's not just a Sunday morning up there. Yeah. It's literally five o'clock in the morning. They are waiting for dawn to jump in the water. So just an incredible situation. Very similar, Jude, to the Premier. He's been strong again, hasn't he? He's listening. Leadership is all about listening, not necessarily making a bad call and then just being stubborn and, and basically saying, no, no, I'm not going to change my mind. He wanted to put on a rock concert around Anzac Day. Now, there was an uproar by the veterans, so he went, you know what, I'm going to listen to you guys. He's listened to them, and now that rock concert is not going on. It doesn't serve the veterans, which means it doesn't serve Anzac Day, which means it's off the table. And I just see that's another example of our Premier listening and that leadership by opening up his ears. He's got to find a gig, like the same gig in a different spot, like on a different day. It just uh, makes no sense. We all love our live music, so we want to. Placebo is Alice Cooper, Deep Purple and Blondie, all in that concert. So. You've got to read the room, and he's done a good job here. And I know, you know, um, we all know that you know, the veterans and all that, they'll be very happy with this, you know. Of course. Because, mate, we've got, to, we've got to respect them, you know. We, we love our country. Amen, especially around Anzac Day. Yeah. It's time to talk some footy. Well, Dale, Greg Inglis has been brought in at the West Tigers to mentor Jareem Buller, but the club has said he's taken, hasn't taken on any official role. What do you think of this? Look, I think it's a great move for the for the West Tigers. And I know, you know, as I said, not an official role, but... Make it an official role is what they should be doing. 100%. Imagine those young blokes, a guy like GI, you know, he's obviously, you know, he's poured his heart out through the, you know, going going on Academy, but also just his presence. Yeah. So I reckon this has come through Shane Richardson. So don't forget Shane Richardson's there. Benji would have rubber stamped. Mate, just, this is what you want. Tigers fans, like, this is great to see. He doesn't have an association with, you know, uh, the Tigers over the years, but this is what you want to see. We see it with the Melbourne Storm with uh, Joel Selwood, mm. different codes, you know, different ambassadors. It'd be huge for, for Jareem Buller, though, as well, to have that sort of mentorship. Of course. We also know that Benji listens to this show. So, Benji, you're yeah. driving home right now. Yeah. Get the yep. big fella, that yep. polo shirt, get him a tracksuit and make it <laughs> official, <laughs> mate. To, to, to be fair, we, we gave Benji a real shot here, you know. It was like, yeah. and, and he killed it. Uh, <laughs> JWH is unable to use the Maori and Indigenous All-Stars game towards his suspension due to not playing in the event since 2015. It's a big hit for the Chooks. Yeah, it is a big hit, hit for the Chooks. And this is disappointing because I'm pretty sure one or two players, um, Jordan Rappenauer, I think, used it. Uh, no, the comp's know. against us, mate. I, I know, but but 
But, mate, JWH made his presence in the game. Hopefully he has a consistent year this year and and not sort of be on the sidelines because... To be fair, he had an absolute Barry Crocker yeah, in that did. game when he got suspended for all that stuff. So but Yeah, if you're going to have a good season this year, him and Victor Radley got to stay on the field. I agree. Speaking of staying on the field, Ryan Pappenhausen, great oh. news, has confirmed he will be fit for round one and even play at least one trial game. This is good news, isn't it? Well, who doesn't love Ryan Pappenhausen? Incredible. He's one of those players that is exciting. He looks good. The fans love him. Um, and he's a nice young man. And remember last year... He was injured and there was talk going around about, like, they're going to shop him around. And Melbourne came out and said, mate, we're going to back him. There's no problems mm. there. And perhaps, um, you know, Clive Churchill medal winner, uh, you know. I mean, the player. kneecap shattering was one thing. He comes sure. back from that. He has the ankle mm. leg injury. A every, shocking Every run. single person who yeah. loves a game of rugby league or loves Australian sport mm. was backing him and hoping he got yep. through. So the fact that he's back so quickly, too, is awesome. unbelievable. What about the Bulldogs? No men left under Gus Gould's watch. So there was 30 players that were contracted to the Bulldogs when Phil Gould went there. There is no longer any of those 30 <laughs> players. They are all <laughs> being see-elated. Yeah, look, I think it's it's good for everyone involved. Like, you know, the club hasn't been where they should be for the last probably, you know, five or seven years. And, um, you know, I speak to Willie Mason quite a bit and he tells me some of the players what's going on there. But Gus is just wheel of the axe. But also Cameron Sorrelda too. Don't forget he's got a five-year deal with the year option. It's on him as well. So uh, they're starting to get a fair squad now. When you see Willie, do you rub the suntan loyal? Oil in and stuff. Are you still that close? Or? Not so much, but but, okay. but but hey, that's what I do. I've always got your friends, my friends back. I've, I've got your back. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Let's have a listen to uh, the rush hour uh, in Brisbane. I don't know why Wayne wants to get on a loser. I mean, you know, the, 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 he's, not, he, he's normally on. He's normally a winning coach. Why, why would he want to go and coach against Australia? Is beyond me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you, PBL. I'm with you. Love it. That is Sir Peter Valandis talking about Wayne Bennett putting his uh, hat in the ring for the Can New Zealand job. Yeah, look, I, look, I love what Wayne's doing. You know, Wayne does want the job. Um, and Peter Volandis saying what he said, like, Volandis, you know, there's, there's not one of the best salesmen in, in Australian sport and obviously yeah. racing at the moment. But I'm hearing from New Zealand too that um, at the moment Stacey Jones in front of Nathan Kalis uh, for that job. So do you think Bennett will leapfrog them if he I think if he's he, fair income for it? I think he could, but, mate, I reckon they've got to go with the Kiwi now. I love Wayne Bennett. You know how much I love Wayne. Yeah, he's one of your mentors. Yeah, but I just think this is the time to go with a you know a Kiwi head coach, Stacey Jones or Nathan Kalis. I said Nathan Kalis the other day, mm. but over there, I'm, some of my friends in New Zealand, uh, they want Stacey to get the job. What about Manchester United star Marcus Rashford faces $1.2 million fine for pulling a sickie? Now, $1.2 million is a lot of money, but that's only two weeks' wages for Marcus Rashford. That's how good he is. He's an England international and one of the superstars. But him and the manager at Man United aren't getting along too well, so Rashford went and partied in Northern Ireland, was seen at a nightclub, which may, he knows that he goes out, he's going to be seen, right? So at the end of the day, it gets back to the manager. The manager leaves him out of the next FA Cup match against Newport. Manchester United win that game and Rashford's now on the outer. It got us thinking about chucking sickies. It's sort of part of Australian sort of... Lifestyle. You know, lifestyle. A little bit, but no. Exactly. And at the moment, obviously, in a, in a, we're going to talk to... Um, Phil, Phil Murphy, who's uh, who's an ESPN guy over there in the States, we're talking Super Bowl with him in about an hour's time. Well, ESPN have come out with this great idea. They've given you a doctor's certificate that you can download off the ESPN website so you can get the day off for Super Bowl. So it just shows how much fun we have with sickies and it got us thinking, 
I wonder if a sickie is proven to be, you know, um, yeah. if you get busted, it'll prove to be a bad thing for you. Well, you, you see that where people have called in sick and then they come up on the big screen at a sporting event or the like. Front page of the paper the yeah, next day exactly. in the back of the sporting pages. <laughs> have you been caught chucking oh, a sickie? Oh, I've been not? caught doing a lot of bad things. Oh. But um, I will say this uh, – you know, when you play football, you get sort of looked after a little bit, and then when you make mistakes, you know, it's sort of not your fault. But so, um, when I when I retired, obviously I was still you know enjoying it. I was enjoying the media lifestyle. So um, I did a function a night before I was supposed to uh, you know, do uh, some media commitments, and then I called in sick. Mm. Anyway, I was told um, for a big game that I was no longer needed for that game. So the whole off season, I had oh. to think about what I'd done. Um, and... Do you think they knew that you had played up? And well, no, it wasn't so much played up. It was just probably. You know, I got a bit excited and then, you know, and then well, I You can just, get excited, but you've got to turn up for the that's job. That's right, yeah, right? and I just didn't turn up. I, I, I rang the producer and said, oh, I'm crook, I'm not well. They said, yeah. mate, you were at that function last night and you are looking all right. The yeah. brecky beers so, didn't help either. Oh, mate, no. right. it's <laughs> a lesson well learned. Look at me now. Brecky beers are good beers, so. <laughs> Well, give us a call right now, though. How did you get caught or how did you get busted chucking a sickie? Go to Mossman and speak to Gavin. G'day, Gav. Hey guys, how are you? Good, Good yeah. buddy. How'd you get uh, caught chucking a sickie? Well, uh, quite a few years ago, I was working for a certain uh, New South Wales government <laughs> mob. department. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I was rostered on on a Sunday, and I um, chucked a sickie on a Sunday to yeah. play soccer. Yeah. And unfortunately, during that game, I got my leg broken, oh. and I ended up. End up being off for twelve weeks after that. Oh. So, what was the explanation to the government department, Gav, on how you got hurt? Some bloke took me out on the soccer field. Oh, you told him the truth <laughs> in yeah. the end. Yeah. You got there, mate. What kind of else could I say? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Darren. How are you, Darren? Hello, Darren. Welcome hey, Darren. to the Rush Hour, mate. G'day, legends. How are you? Good, Good. mate. Busted chucking a sickie. Yeah, back in my younger days, back in the year uh, about 87, I think it was, I was working as a storeman down in Victoria. My brother drove down from the far north coast. We went over to the Grand Prix over in Adelaide. Yeah. Uh, the good fortune for us, uh, our aunt was a staff member at the Stag Hotel, which was on the circuit at that stage, and we'd had a rip-roaring weekend. Unbeknownst to me, whilst we're watching the uh, T-shirt competition, Channel 7 had done a 30-second grab, and uh, I turned up to work on the following Monday and uh, was called into the office by my boss, who just happened to see the TV that night, <laughs> and uh, there I was with my brother having a royal, royal good time, and uh, yeah, uh, pretty much lost my job because of it. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Probably worth Thanks it, though, to be fair. Uh, uh, it was worth it. It was worth yeah. it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> good on yeah. you, Daz. Unlucky, Daz. you got to be better. Hey, let's go oh. to Bo there. Hey, Bo, how are you going? Bo from Botany. Good, mate. How are you? Good, good mate. Mate, we want to know, mate, how uh, did you bust a bust chuck in the sickie, mate? We've all done it, mate. Yeah, well, I... Um, I'm a chef, right? So I said at the time, oh, I need the Saturday off. I've got a special dinner and stuff on. And I was actually going to the thing called Future Music. So I was in altered states, mate, a few disco bickies and stuff. And the, um, I didn't know the manager was there as well, mate. Triple M wishes to advise that the previous comment by the Rush Hour does not reflect those of management or their sponsors. All complaints are to be emailed to Gus Wallen's personal address, gus at triplem.com.au. We will resume program shortly. We had, to, we had to pull Bo because he got super excited about telling his story. Why would you pull the pin on Bo? He was having hey. such a good time a good with the disco bickies. Yeah, what are they? Can I ask? Yeah, I'm no, like, we'll tell you later. Oh, let's go. Oh. Let's carry on. Let's speak to Mark. Mark, when did you get caught uh, chucking a sickie? Hey, how are you guys? Good, good, Mark. good, Mark. So I called up the Sunday 
Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was a few years ago. Hmm. Um, saying I was sick and everything, but I was going to a WWE event. Oh, for wrestling, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yep. Yep. And I'll be going again in a few weeks. Good on you. Off the top rope. Yep. Um, turns out I had seats next to my boss. Yeah. Oh, man. Hang on. How that's unlucky, a, that's unlucky are you? <laughs> I had no clue whatsoever. I was like, as soon as I got there, he's like, oh, hey, how you going? I was like, oh, yeah, great. He's oh. like, you know, I'm going to see you in the office tomorrow. I was like, <sighs> oh. Oh. Did you keep your job, Mark? Yeah, I was yeah. on a thin line for a while. Yeah, I bet you were. <laughs> yeah, you were Treading well, on yeah. eggshells. Yeah. Let's go to Damien. Finish it off, Damien. Do it. Were you busted chucking a sickie? Mate, we we called in sick for the Melbourne Cup, of course. They run a sweep at work. Yep. And here I am, shirt off in the pig pen, and they've zoomed in just before the race, <laughs> mate. <laughs> roll, roll in the next roll in the next day, and they they just like you got a you got a sick mate for your day off, just straight faced, and I'm like just yeah, not sure what to say. Tail oh. between the legs, look out! Good, Good work, David, <laughs> mate, fantastic. Thanks to all our callers as well. It's the rush hour with Gus, Jude, and Wendell. Guess who's walked into studio? On this show, we get afternoon wood, and here it is now. The bearded NRL and blues legend himself. It's Aaron Woods. Yeah, Woods, you great to see you, big fella. Are you counting down the sleeps until Las Vegas? (laughs) Oh, mate, I can't wait. (laughs) I've already had a little feel for it back in the last year. Yeah. Um, Got the work done at home. Got had another little kid, so Mrs. is happy. We don't have to wait for that and know that she's going to pop soon, so now I can get out of the house. So, little boy? Little boy, yeah, little Mac. Little Mac? Little Mac, yeah. So, it's a lot different at home when you go from two to three. Um, You need a few more hands around the house, but yeah. um, it's part of life, mate. It's, it's unreal. Mrs. She does an outstanding job. I don't know how women do it. They just transition so well to being a mother. Mm. Woodsy, I'm not sure if you and your father are here anytime soon. Like, <laughs> mate, like, no, but you're coming from you. Mate, mate, you've got so many jobs, but you, mate, you, you know, you go to Manly, you still live down uh, down that way, down near Crelloway, don't you? Yeah, still down there, mate. So, um, yeah. You know, the more kids you have, the more yeah. jobs you need to do, mate. You've got to put food on the oh, table. No, I agree, mate. And congratulations, mate. We're really proud of you. But you've been everywhere, mate. Like, obviously, Vegas. And yep. How's the Manly preseason training going? No, nah, it's been good, deal. You know what, every preseason, like, you know, they never get easier. Uh, as you get older, the younger blokes get fitter, faster, stronger. Um, it's a really good crew at Manly. Uh, lucky enough to have one of my real good mates, Luke Brooks, come over this year. Uh, he's been oh, outstanding. Yeah. He come in first day, flying. Um, sort of said to Steve's the other day, mate. I think we need to put our Ferraris back in the garage. It's too early to be peaking at the moment with himself and you know Tommy Turbo and mm. DCE, but he's just fitting so well. Uh, it's been a it's been a pleasure to have him come over, and I really think it's going to be a huge year for him. He looks so happy. Um, and the limelight's not on him. He's got blokes like Cherry Evans, Teroyevich brothers on the outside, and he can just be himself. Trial this Friday, Woodsy. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. We've got How like do you a, like those? Uh, these ones are different because it's an in-house trial. Um, you know, not many clubs get around it, so we're lucky enough to do it against the Dragons. Um, obviously, Shane Flanagan, former assistant coach at Manly, he's going over the Dragons now, and they're just organising. It's good because at the moment you sort of like you know yourself, boys. Like when you train, you know what. You're, you're throwing at each other. It's hard to so, run drills against yeah, each other. Like so when you know, it, know the movement. Yeah, for the last 12 weeks, we've all been working to the same plan. Whereas you get the Dragons in now, like they've, they've got different systems, different structures. So it sort of just gets to test you where you're at. You know, some blokes might go a little bit harder and it makes the session more intense. So it's, it's going to be something we're really looking forward to doing. 
Of course, the cricket season is just got the few one days to go. Oh mate, wait, can I say? Wait, what about your commentary? Outstanding, Gussie. Oh, 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 cheers, oh, oh, mate. Cheers, mate. No, no. Well, at at yeah. our house, my missus loves Gus, so yeah. we're not allowed to listen to the That's TV right. commentary. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I wanted, to, I wanted to ask you how much you enjoyed the summer because I know you know you're a rugby league player, yeah. but you're a cricket tragic. Well, was, oh, how I love much it. you've enjoyed it? I was actually a bit disappointed because. I love coming in the box. You got me in the box last year yeah. and oh, got to meet all the cricketers, but I ended up having the kid that day. So um, yeah. I couldn't come in. Bloody Sarah's cost me a well, session su- with Gus. Hey, Sunday, if you want to come in for the one day, oh, you're very beautiful. welcome. Oh, so, mate, I'll come up yeah, there. So, works, uh, but yeah. no, I was really happy for the young West Indies side. It was, you know, disappointing lose for the Aussies, but really good to see young Joseph. Just what, a, what an oh, incredible mate, competitor. Mate, yeah, beautiful looking athlete. And, mate, just, <laughs> just no, but just, mate, even like when you're young and just excited to be there, would you remember those days? Yep. But let me go back to uh, Vegas. Mate, mate, what about if we Trell Mitchell, Reese Walsh, and um, Payne Haas don't get cleared? You reckon that'll be. That'll be terrible um, for the NRL and obviously for the games. Oh, definitely. They're the superstars of our game, deal. Yeah. They're the ones that the people go to watch. You know, they put bums on seats. And we're trying to show our best product sure. for, for rugby league. And now, you take out Reese Walsh of, course. of the Broncos, he's at least going to get a couple try assists or maybe even try himself. Yeah. 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 I think he should rest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I'm like that with hey. the troll. I think the troll should rest. <laughs> hey, hey, they haven't got a bad backup there, uh, Tristan Saylor. Yeah. Yeah. He's going well, but he's playing well too, yeah. mate. So you want to see the he's best players play. Mate. Yeah. <laughs> Would His you, mother. For Manly supporters listening, though, like, <laughs> I'll play that. What sort of what sort of season ahead for them? Look, honestly, if if I think the biggest thing for us is keeping our spine, which is our nine, seven, six, and one on the field. Um, we've got some really good depth in outside backs and, and forwards. Um, but yeah, we just really need to look after Brooks, um, Tedesco, Trevorovich, and you know, an unsung hero of our side is Lachlan Croker, yeah. because. You could have a lot of Chiefs and not enough Indians, but he just knows the right time to go to the right players because there's so many times where he's going to get a call from Cherry Evans, going to get one from Turbo and Brooks at the same time, but he he goes to the right one, whether it's counting numbers on the short side. So I think we can keep all those blokes you know, fully fit. You know, the world's our oyster. Fantastic. Oh, Woodsy, mate, really appreciate you having you, mate. Thanks, Woodsy. Uh, time now for this. Gus's Mental Fitness Wednesday. Yeah, boys, want to talk about a mental fitness with you today around culling friends, about looking at your friendship group, not best mates because your best mates are your best mates most of the time, but just your overall group of people that you hang with, whether it's at work or whether it's the club or whatever it might be. We all have sort of many friends that we have known for years and years and years and for whatever reason, they may not be the right people for you to hang around now, so I want you to think about this. Mm. The reason why I started thinking about it is I saw a text from a mate on Instagram that says, I'm cutting people off in 2024, right? Yep. And he sent that to his group of group, mates yeah. and stuff. Someone's come back and said, hey, I need a favour. And he's written back, hi, if you're receiving this message it means that I haven't really enjoyed your company in 2023 oh, wow. and you'll be not part of my life in 2024. Have a great year. All decisions are final. And then, of course, Jeez. that person replies, but the decisions are final. Say so you're done and dusted. So what you're basically saying is you are looking at the people that you surround yourself with and you are working out whether those people are still good for you. Now, people say, look, you know, it's all about looking after everyone and so forth. Well, mm. what about... Self-care. What about looking after yourself as number one and making sure the people you spend some time with, whether it's socially or whether it's um, at work, are the right people for you and what you're trying to do for your own mental fitness? I think because I'm getting a bit older, I think I just 
choose to hang around people I want to hang around, you know, and the people that do inspire me and the people who What I about just love. people in your phone right now that if I could look through it, that you're the one that's continually going, are we going for a beer? How are you travelling, mate? Saw something on Instagram, wanted to check in with you, and you get, yeah, not bad, mate, but there's no response back. They're not coming to you and saying, oh, dude, I saw your daughter start a school yesterday. I hope that went really well. Yeah. They're not investing back into you. They're just existing with whatever contact that you're giving them. They're the people I'm talking about. Yeah. They can spend so much time. You can waste so much time on people. Time is precious. And as we get older, you've got less and less time where you want to spend time with people. So you've got to make sure they're the right people. Gussie, you're right. The last couple of years, you two have been wonderful for me because, you know, I like to be liked. I like to be the big man in the room and that. And I've done it a bit tough over the last couple of years because there's been some adversity. But you told me, like, you know, sometimes you've got to, you've got to cut people. And, yeah. and, and over this Christmas and New Year's, I didn't socialise as much as I wanted to. I wanted to see if I could be with myself a little bit, mm. and I did it. But I think I was better for it going, you know what? It's okay to be by yourself, you know? Yeah, and coming out yeah. of that, you can see that. We can see it in our, yeah. in our work family here sure. that you're a different person. Yeah. You've had so much to deal with, yeah. but you decided... Yep. This is all about me now, a little bit of self-care. It's not a selfish thing to do. It's no. actually a really good thing. And then you embrace the fact now that you're coming out of it and you yeah. go, right, I'm now going to spend time with people that I want to spend time with, not all these other people that yeah. you feel like you should spend time with. Well, so mate, the saying, thing is too, sorry, you go, you go. Are you mate? saying so remove their number from their phone? So if they call, it feels like it's a, 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 a this missed is, number, this is unknown this is number, the and you don't pick it. This okay. is the activity, okay. Jude, that I love you guys to do, mm. right? There are people in your phone, if you look through it, right, mm. I had a of mine do it the other day, 78 people in his contact list. Yeah. He took them out of his phone, right? Because they're people that continually he's always contacting, but they never contact him as the first initial point of call, right? So they're gone. Those 78 people are gone. I've done it. I've had over 50. They're gone. So when they ring me now, it mm. comes up as no number. Yeah. They then leave a message. It's then up to me. I'm in control on whether or not I'm going to get hold of those people or not, rather than something popping up and going, oh, there's that person that hasn't actually contacted me forever. So yeah. do it. Look One, at the activity. Oh, yeah. Cull your okay. phone. Cull your contacts, listeners, and let's start yeah. working out people that actually are giving you back 50%. Man, I love that, Gussie, because you've said it before, and I've got to tell you now, Anthony Seabold is a guy, because, you know, who said to me... You're not culling him, is it? No, no, but he, no, he always checks in with me, and he goes, hey, big man, just seeing if you're okay, because I'm a bit quiet, you know, he worries about me. Yeah. And a lot is the same, but I've got mates outside that. But I'm okay now. Like, once upon a time, I wasn't okay, because I've had so much happen, but now that's what I love, and now... I make more of an effort for people who make an effort for me. You know, you know, reason the reason why you're making more effort back to Sebes and Lottie yeah. is because you've got time to give them time. Yeah. Yeah. Because you haven't got yeah. all these other bunnies you have to worry you're about. Right. Yeah. Cull your group down to a village where mm. they love you as much as you love them, and mm. actually like reap the benefits of that rather than trying to juggle all these other yeah. people that are just sucking all your time. Yeah. I tried to cut Dell off at, uh, at Christmas time <laughs> after. Yeah. And, he's, and he wanted to stay the night. He wanted to sleep over. <laughs> one more, one more. Is it? <laughs> it's the Russia. Tell you what, there's still so much in the papers and across our news on the Sydney Sharks situation, Gussie. Unbelievable. That lady is at the moment okay in, in, in hospital, but we just got a video, mm. Del, sent to us oh. by our producer, Nikki's son. Yes. It was, yeah. What is in that video? It's him jumping um, off a pole in, in, into the um, harbour. Like, like, it's his last, last day of school. school. Charlie, your mum is... Like, Ropeable Charlie. Yeah. 
Mate, you know what? I, I would prefer you meet a shark than your mum tonight, mate. That's Absolutely. what I say. Absolutely. Get out of the bloody water. And the reason why is because yeah. obviously more and more shark attacks that are happening, more bull sharks in Sydney Harbour as well. Shark experts are warning that Sydney scientists should stay out of the harbour, and especially around Elizabeth Bay. Bull sharks are aggressive mm. and uh, they'll bite anything. And they'll get they'll bite first and go, oh, no, that's not, that's not something mm. I want. They'll bite first and ask questions later. There's a couple of scientists are saying there's a couple of hotspot locations in Sydney, the Triangle of Water between Kirribilli, Garden Island, the Opera House, mm. and also up Parramatta River, which is where Charlie was jumping in mm. near Glades Bay. So Sydney... Ciders, water-loving Sydney ciders, please stay out of the harbour. They went round and did a bit of a check, boys, and they said, look, you know, to people at uh, Balmoral, you know, you've just got to be a bit more careful. And people saying, there's been like three shark attacks in like 50 years. I'll take my chances, thank you very much. People are being a little bit lackadaisical when it comes Mm. to these bull sharks. So please, everyone, prevent it rather than deal with it after it happens. That's That, you know, shark triangle. Triangle, yeah. Scary. That's really nasty. What about... Sushi train. You have more chance getting getting hurt driving to the ocean than actually in the water, says one. I like to look at the sharks whilst when I'm swimming, so I won't be going into the netted areas Ooh. anytime soon. Yeah, see, I swim in the netted areas, and can I say, I, I'm not the greatest swimmer, but I swim enough to enjoy myself. But I make sure someone you're, else. You're Eddie the Eel, or you're better than <laughs> him? Or, or, or Eric the Eel. Oh. Yeah, Eddie's his brother, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Coming up next. I mean, One he does best. know his sport. <laughs> Welcome back to the Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell and Super Bowl 58 is underway. 49ers versus the Chiefs and time to talk to Phil Murphy. When you want to talk about the biggest games the world's ever seen, you chat to our next guest. He anchors Sports Centre for ESPN and he'll be the host of their coverage of Super Bowl LV, whatever number that is, from Las Vegas. He served as sideline reporter at Super Bowls, NBA Finals, World Series and UFC events. And as long as Gus remembered to plug the satellite in, he joins us now from the States. Please welcome Phil Murphy. Yeah, he is the man. And like you said, Jude, the Chiefs versus the 49ers should be an absolute classic. Phil, welcome back to the show. Oh, great to chat to you again. I mean, it's it's like Christmas morning is coming up here for us stateside. But, I mean, you said it, the, the, the celebration is all week long and it's, it's just starting to feel like it's real now that we know the teams. Absolutely. The battle of the tight ends, Kelsey versus Kettle. Of course, we'll talk uh, the uh, quarterbacks soon as well. Who do you think is going to make the biggest impact? Oh, man. I mean, it's interesting because these teams, the teams played each other four years ago, Super Bowl 54. But a lot of the faces on the defensive side of the ball are different. Now, the, the stars, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle are the same. But for San Francisco, Brock Purdy is the one who came out of nowhere. The the Mr. Irrelevant is how we nicknamed him the last draft pick in his draft class with zero expectation. He's been playing at a, at a championship caliber level for much of this season. So I think there's going to be a direct correlation between how well he plays and if San Francisco can uh, dethrone Mighty Mahomes and the champion Chiefs. Phil, it's Jude Bolton. I mean, uh, the, the comparisons of Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes at this point in their career, super similar, aren't they? They are, yes. And, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, you look at him, he's, he's more mobile than Tom Brady, and you can make the argument he has a better arm. The leadership credentials are there for both. Um, you know, Tom Brady's the GQ model. I mean, he's kind of the, the cookie cutter, what you would think of, you know, the all-American boy and the quarterback. But Patrick Mahomes himself is a Texas kid. They, they just Kids in Texas, they just bring them up different, man. I mean, that, that is <laughs> all they want to do is be the high school state star. And he's carried that all the way to an NFL career. 
And at this point, as early as it's been, he's going to a fourth Super Bowl in five years. That is not Incredible. common. That's just yeah. the third franchise ever to do that. The Patriots are another one with Tom Brady, and then the Bills of the early 90s are the third. Yeah, I can see some uh, NFL players with uh, NFL players actually, and some uh, fans, uh, they get annoyed by the Taylor Swift thing, but I just think it adds to it. You've got Usher there. They're going to be obviously looking at Taylor. This is what America, this is what Super Bowl is all about, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's more a spectacle than a mm. sport at some point. Now, there is going to be 60 minutes of high-level competitive football, but this is a game that last year 115 million people watched. And I, that, that is not a number that you get on a typical, you know, American Sunday or Monday morning with us on ESPN, but it, it extends beyond the game. And the NFL is king, queen, prince, all the way down. I mean, it, it's truly as if you combine the appetite and all the sporting codes like rugby league and, and Aussie rules and, and down the line and put it into one of the 100 most watched television programs last year in America, 93 were NFL games, Amazing. three were college football games. <laughs> And one of the remaining four was the show that aired after the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, it is just the demand for it is absolutely absurd. So for the NFL, they have every base covered for appetite. Well, now they're, they're actually finding a new market. People who are, you know, Swifties and not really into sport, more mm. into entertainment and pop culture. It expanded there successfully. So that's why you're seeing the NFL lean into it so much. They actually found it an utter fan base, the rare corner of, of America and the world that wasn't watching the NFL to begin with. Well, Phil, we can't wait to talk to you when you hit Vegas. ESPN will broadcast the Super Bowl 58 between the Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers live at 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time on Monday, February 12th. Thanks very much for joining us. Always a pleasure, guys. Take care. Cheers, Cheers Phil. Phil. How dumb is your teenager? What's this on the back of? Yeah, exactly right. You don't understand what this topic's about, but I'm about to explain it, Jude. How dumb is your teenager? Give us a call on one triple three five three. I've stumbled across something on social media where a father has put together a whole lot of texts that he receives from his teenage children. And then people now have sent him texts that they receive from their teenage children. And it's hilarious um, um, viewing and listening. So I thought I would put a few together, rattle a few off for you. Okay, so these are texts that have been sent from a teenager to their parent. First one, do you see a lot of fields of pasta when you're in Italy. Oh, wow. Jeez. Number two, how does eating cold turkey make you quit smoking? Oh, no. That's not You know a, where I'm going with this? That's not yeah, a real text. Yeah, of course. Sure, These are real course. texts yeah, that have been sent by teenagers to their parents. Yeah. Can I leave a parking spot of the meter when the meter hasn't run out? Mm. <sighs> Breathe. Chicken broth is not the sweat of chicken, right? Oh, well. Yeah. The world's in great hands. Jeez. What's grandma's actual name? <laughs> Which is one I think I'll probably yeah. say as well. You know, it's just yeah, grandma, grandma, right? Yeah. You don't know what grandma's <laughs> actual yeah. name is? Grandma or Nan. And especially, you know, it's grandma or Nan yeah. or, yeah. you know, something like that. And you may not know the surname yeah. or something. Okay. Um, please don't send this to dad. I'm too tired to be embarrassed. Oh, no. No, no. Can no. you bring me my science homework and $300? <laughs> Oh, that was the text. That was actually my child. Oh, yeah. That was Ella. <laughs> Can I get lung cancer from smoked turkey? Oh, my goodness. Wow, mate. We are in trouble. And what's my net worth? Oh, Teenager. So obviously okay. they're hearing yeah. things, right? And they yeah. go, oh, I wonder what that is. So yes. I'm going to let Dad know. So they're the type of text that this bloke is receiving and people now are chucking him in there. So we want 
How yeah. dumb is your teenager on one triple three, yeah. five three? You, you boy. Uh, well, I'm you, about to enter. Uh, my, my girls have just, uh, my oldest one has just got the phone and it's, we're trying to. Yeah. Oh. Like, I should be excited, mate. She's uh, like you on We didn't know that. We haven't discussed yeah. this because you, you gave her that sort of phone but, that. Yeah. Well, it was a, you could talk was, to the yeah. watch a little bit initially. But that like, was just you yeah. and her and, and now, your missus. Now, now she's oh. gone to high school, so the, the oh. phone has come in there. Oh. And wow. I'm expecting a few of these sort of texts as well. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, you're... Mate, my, my kids, my, I'm the dumbest one in the house, so my kids, they're, they're usually all right, honestly. Actually, yeah. no one's arguing that fact, so you don't need to say actually. We totally believe you. One, triple, three, five, three. How dumb is your teenager? Give us some examples. Diane's giving us a call. How are you, Diane? Good, thank you. And yourself? Yeah, not too bad. How dumb is your teenager? Oh, God love him. He was 12 at the time. He's now 26, but he had his mobile phone and he'd send me messages and I could never figure out what the message said. So he'd send me the first initial of the word because he thought he had to pay for every single letter in every word. Oh, Sorry, just my goodness. A single and letter. Ring, yeah, every single letter. So I, he'd say, like, hello would just be H, and I'd be like, what? Like, <laughs> What's his name? Kelsey. Kelsey. Kelsey, Kelsey. And everyone will be listening to this and he'll yeah. be like, right. Oh, yeah. Kelsey, yeah. be better. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Del said be better than Uncle Gus. Let's go to Rob. G'day, Rob. How dumb's your teenager? Oh, look, mate. Uh, she's only 13. Love it a bit. Of course. Stepdaughter. But um, putting together the swag last Sunday and she's looking at me with great interest and then she comes out with, where's the PowerPoint? Has it got a USB plug? Oh. In the swag. How am I going yeah. to charge my phone? This generation. Yeah, we love them, though. She's thinking that. Oh. Like, she probably should be one. You know, I've been, you know what? Oh. She might be a genius. She might invent <laughs> it. Oh, let's go to Louise there from Kellyville. Hey, Louise, how are you going? I'm good. How are you? Good. Hey, tell us. How dumb, is your t- how dumb is your teenager? Well, my son, he's 19, 20, well, 18, 19, and he borrowed the car and the indicator started making a funny noise. So he came in and asked about where he would buy indicator fluid. He'd oh. ask all his, I kid you not, he'd ask all his buddies and they were like, I don't know, ask your parents. Oh, wow. This it's making a funny sound. Oh, Thank you, Lou. <laughs> Let's go to Craig. Hello, Craig. Hello, Craig. Hey, Welcome Craig. to the rush hour, mate. Hi, how are you guys? Yeah, good, good mate. mate. How dumb's your teenager? Well, she came out and she said, I've just, I've just called mum and she's left her phone at home. And I said, it's okay, she's just ducked up to the shops. A couple of minutes later, she comes out of the room and she said, Dad, I've done a really dumb thing. And I said, you're 13, what possibly could you have done wrong? She says, I just texted mum to let her know she left the phone at home. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, I've got to be honest. Yeah, you we've probably, all done that. Done. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to the last one there, Mark. Bring us home strong. Mate, how dumb is your teenager? G'day, guys. How are we? Good, hey, Mark. Yeah, good. Um, we were just watching the Today Show like a couple of months back and, um, you know, when the weather comes up in the corner of the screen and mm. um, each state and everything, and my 13-year-old turned around and she goes, Mummy, Daddy, what's 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 wah? And I've just, like, lost it. <laughs> wow. What is Western Australia? So that, that's just, like, that's just everything I've spent. I've just gone, what the hell are we doing? It happens. It Money. happens in it's most of <laughs> this younger generation, Mark. They've been sport, mate. That's what I'm saying, all these iPods and all that sort of stuff and social media. Anyway. Oh, Look at old grumpy over here. Oh, absolutely. Time now to talk to this inspiring Aussie. 
next guest is a professional Ironwoman. She's completed nine Nutrigrain Ironwoman series, represented Australia, and now spends her day as a passionate coach. In 2021, she circumnavigated around the globe solo in an ocean ski. And do you think you isolated well during COVID? She's a legend. You can read about her doing that in her book, The, the Girl, Girl Who Touched the Stars. Please welcome to the Rush Hour, Bonnie Hancock. Yeah, and she's an absolute legend. Was up there this morning, boys, at her book launch. And uh, it's always a pleasure to get on stage with you, Bonnie, and have a chat. How are you feeling? What a day for you today. Oh, hello. Thanks so much for having me on. I feel like you're in two places at once. <laughs> you just hosted my book launch and you're back there in Sydney. But it was an incredible morning celebrating, you know, the release of the book and, and talking all things mental fitness as well. What, what about today, getting up there and talking about the book? For, for people that are looking for a bit of inspiration, what's the book about and why should they go and buy it? Totally. When I wanted to write this book, I, I didn't want to write it just to people who had sat in a surf ski or, or done surf life saving. I wanted to explore some of those universal themes like, um, you know, chasing a big win my whole life and not getting that and putting all my self-worth within that one thing and kind of when I did this paddle, I, I touched the stars, I got that world record. And what I actually realized was it wasn't the most valuable thing I took from this uh, this paddle. It was the connections I made along the way. It was everything I learned about myself, the people around me and, and that growth. So after finally getting that big win, I realized that there was so much more that was so more valuable and I'm so grateful for those lessons. Bonnie, I just want to know, how do you prepare yourself for something like this? Obviously, you know, you're an iron woman uh, and, you know, when I saw it this morning, I was watching, you know, the Today Show, you know, there was crocodiles. I'm from North Queensland. I'm scared of crocodiles. <laughs> there's sharks. There's sea snakes. Like, what? surely, why would you do it? It's unbelievable. <laughs> I know that that is the most common question is the why. And it's a very valid question. And the other one is what's scarier, sharks or crocs? And mm. I think I've come to the conclusion that the crocodiles are scarier. Yeah. They will stalk. They're patient. You know, they've been around since the dinosaurs for a reason. They're top of the food chain. Um, but yeah, the why I, I read mid-COVID 2020, I picked up a book about Freya Hofmeister, the German woman who had the world record for fastest to circumnavigate Australia. And I was reading stories about her getting stalked by crocs and sharks, but from about to chapter in, I just, I just had this gut feeling like it was something I had to do. And, um, you know, it was a challenge I just wanted to explore. And, and you know, as, as I said this morning, I, I wasn't afraid to fail. I knew there was a big chance of that and I just wanted to give it my very best shot. Bonnie, you fell off the off your ski in the middle of the night in the Great Australian Bite, 500 k's out to sea. I mean, support vessel disappearing in the distance. How scary and frightening was that moment? Oh, it's it's absolutely terrifying. And I remember so clearly thinking, is this it? Is this it? And I sort of looked up at the sky in that moment. And the ironic thing was it was the most beautiful, glittering night sky. And I just tried to really take in that environment. I knew there wasn't much I could do. I couldn't move. I couldn't get back into my ski. And um, it's about 12 minutes in the bite until you get hypothermic. And I ended up being in for 10. So I, I couldn't move by the time I came back on the boat. And it was not just physically that my crew got my body temperature back up, you know, put the hairdryer on me got me in the space blanket but mentally I had to get back in that same spot of water because you've got to cover every meter of coastline so it was the mental challenges that they really helped me through as well.
Bonnie, the village around you to get it all done, you know, the people that supported you beforehand with the crazy idea, you know, you're actually support on the actual uh, every single day and night, every time you went for individual records in, in the middle of the overall record. And now, since you've been back, you couldn't have done it by yourself. Oh, you're absolutely right, Gus. It's every step of the way. You know, I had self-doubt for six months leading in where I went back and forth tossing this idea up and my husband was there for me then, my family and friends and, and sponsors throughout the journey. We connected up with different boats and skippers the whole way through and, um, you know, even post the journey, um, adapting back to life on land, it wasn't easy. It took about two months to get used to the pace of life on land and learn to sort of walk again properly you know, that greater purpose and connecting with the community was a pivotal pivotal part of this journey and, and gave me strength, you know, that went far beyond the, the selfish reason of a world record. Bonnie, you're an absolute legend. I just want to know, what did you treat yourself with? Was it like, um, was it ice cream, <laughs> chocolate, was it pizza? What was your, when you were there going, this is what I'm going to have? Oh, absolutely. I, I'm normally a sweet girl, but it was a beef burger I was craving, which goes figure I was in the middle of the salt water and for some reason I was craving that salt and obviously I was sweating so much it was one of the very first things I ate was a beef burger and I had a strawberry milkshake on the side too. (laughs) Well Bonnie we can't wait to read the book it's The Girl Who Touched the Stars Bonnie Hancock out now at all good bookstores thank you so much for joining us on Rush Hour. Thank you so much. Coming on you, Bonnie. Greg Blewett talking one day as tomorrow. Mal Meninga hopefully is going to talk about all things kangaroos as well. See you later, big fella. See you tomorrow, everyone. See you, Del. The Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Weekdays from 4 on Triple M.